We are blessed to have you join us. What we do for Christ has infinite significance. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Are we trusting God to affect the world for Christ and eternity? Or are we charting our own course, consumed with the temporal pleasures of our finite earthly existence? Are we praying without ceasing, or are we ceasing to pray for God-called laborers to fulfill the harvest? God will never fail us. Are we failing Him? Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. You better have your own mind and think for yourself and don't receive everything people are saying to you. You better learn how to say, I'm not receiving that. Amen. Are you listening to me? Ask the Lord for a spouse and wait on the Lord to deliver in his time. Be content until the Lord provides a spouse and refuse to allow anyone to pressure you into marriage. That is none of their business. That's you and God's business. Psalms 27, 14 says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. Luke eleven nine says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. And listen, you don't just ask. You know when you really want something bad from your husband or a child wants something from a parent? Uh, they don't just ask one time, Mama, can I have a cookie or whatever? Uh, or honey, uh, can we uh, buy that car or whatever? They'll say it, then they'll come back and say it another way. And they'll come back again and say it another way. Or they'll even fluff it up or they'll do some kind of favor. Then say, now can I have it? But it's, the scripture here is implying that you keep on asking. Huh? You keep on asking, you keep on knocking, and you keep on seeking. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it will be open. Stop knocking. What I knocked five years ago and I haven't asked since. Number seven. Listen to this. When you compromise the word of God, you will believe Satan's lies, move ahead of God, and marry the person whom God has not sent. I repeat that. That is so big. That goes across the gamut. When you compromise the word of God, you will believe Satan's lies, move ahead of God, and marry the person whom God has not sent. Trust the word of God and refuse to hear the voices of this world system. Refuse to hear it. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1, 5, and 6 says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said? If you have your Bibles open, you need to underline that. Because what Satan was doing at that point, he was sowing doubts into the mind of Eve. And then she contaminated her husband as well from Satan. Has God indeed said, he cast doubt on the word of God. Verse five, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open. He's making it sound really good. That's how he gets you to fall for a lie, make it look good. For God knows in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Verse six, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, 
and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. He joined her in sin and rebellion. I'm going to say something. Tempted by Satan to doubt God's word. Listen closely. Tempted by Satan to doubt God's word. Adam and Eve rebelled, move ahead of God, and fell into sin. And let me tell you something. When you compromise the word of God, at that point, you are on a spiritual decline. And you are in position to be chastened by God himself because of rebellion and sin in your life. And God can tell you, don't marry this person. Don't marry this person. Give you all the signs. You, you see all the signs. Mama say don't marry him. Daddy say don't marry him. Uncle say don't marry him. A brother say don't marry him. A sister say don't marry him. God mama say don't marry him. <laughs> God to heaven. And you marry him or marry her. And they become your lightning rod. They become your lightning rod. You went past all the signs. Let me tell you something. A person you considering married, bring them to church. That's right. And let me see them. That's right. I'm, that's right. I'm your spiritual overseer. Let them spend some time around. Let them come to that men's conference. Come to that men's uh, retreat. That's right. Send them off so they can hang around me for a few days. Go, 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 go to the men's uh, fellowship and, and Bible study that's on Wednesdays. Bring them around the house of God so we can check them out. Let us help you evaluate that person. This is, this is a team effort here. Because we don't want nobody defiling the church and defiling you. Messing you up and dragging you on down the street out the church. Huh? And some of y'all miss every sign in the book. And you, what was her thinking about? Mama, you were right. Okay, we tried to tell you. And y'all love it. Would, you, would that make your bed hard? How that statement goes? You make your bed hard, you got to lie in it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Tempted by Satan to doubt the word of God. Adam and Eve rebelled, moved ahead of God, and fell into sin. Number eight, ask the Lord to reveal what is in the heart of a person and refuse to place priority on appearance. Okay? Ask the Lord to reveal the heart. Listen, these men and women, they know how to camouflage. They can talk a smooth talk, and they can run a good game. And if you're not in the spirit and if you're lusting all over the place, that will interfere with how the spirit wants to operate in the context of your life. Ask the Lord what's in there. You don't know what's in that rascal's heart or her heart. You don't, you don't, know, you don't know what they plan to do. Ask the Lord to reveal what's in the heart. You can't read their heart, but God knows the heart of the person and refuse to Place priority on up here. Oh, she's so cute. You can have a cute devil. He's so handsome. I love his muscles. His bicep, his curly locks. Oh, he's a fine specimen of a man. 
and he mess your life up and leave you in the dumps of grief and misery and pain. Ladies, it's better to have a man looking like Bozo. (laughs) But he knows how to treat you like a lady. Love you unconditionally. Knows how to respect you. Knows how to talk to you. Knows how to stroke you. Then I have that fine specimen specimen of a man that says, what you want, you make me sick. Get out of my way, woman. Oh, he's handsome, but he's ugly. She's fine, but she's stupid. Oh, God, help me preach this message. Oh, God. Stop looking at the outer appearance. It's deceptive. Everything that glitters ain't gold. First Samuel 16, 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. And God was trying to refuse that man or woman you married. I, but you went on and took him or her anyhow. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 18, a says, while we do not look at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. Not seen are the things you ought to be looking at. First Peter chapter three, verses three and four says, don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairdos. Ooh, these women can wear some, some hairdos. I'm amazed how they can do their hair and spend all that money to make their hair. I'm not saying you ought to look like, a, look like the dumps, but boy, some of this hair is expensive. Somebody say, yeah, expensive, ju- <laughs> expensive jewelry. No, you don't want to catch a man like that by glittering all in his face. Beautiful clothes to lure him or her. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within. With the beauty that comes from within. One of the major reasons our world finds itself in such a painful mess is because God's people have allowed the world to define what is normal for society. This sad fact is extremely apparent as related to the institution of marriage. Listening today as Pastor Rander continues to speak about this matter in the message, Misconceptions in Marriage. He'll begin our discussion in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse number 32. With the beauty that comes from within what kind of beauty that is that? An unfading beauty of a gentle spirit, having a man or woman that's gentle, that's soft, and a quiet spirit, he or she is not rambunctious and loud and cantankerous, which is so precious to God. That's what God is looking for. And that's what you ought to be looking for. Stop focusing on the outer appearance. You'll get deceived every time. Y'all hanging on? 
Oh, y'all listen, I can tell. Number nine, never allow yourself to pursue a person because of material possession. (sighs) That's not where it is. Never allow yourself to pursue a person because of material possessions. Uh, 1 John 2, 15 through 17 says, do not love, not the world, neither the things in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away. That's right. All that stuff you're looking at on that man or that woman, you marrying her for what she got. My wife didn't marry me for what I had. <laughs> I was broke, but I had vision. That's right. I didn't stay broke. And the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Forever. Stop looking at a person because of that car, because of the house, because of the job, and all of that. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Listen, I'm not against nice weddings. But sometimes they can be so lavish. And you end up in a state of perpetual brokenness afterwards. And it's not how much you put in the marriage up front. It's the commitment that you're going to have to it after you say I do. You understand what I'm saying? My wife and I, we got married on a Sunday morning. Anybody wanted to come to our wedding had to come to church. They had to hear the gospel. And before the benediction, the wedding music started playing. And my wife and I, we got up, came up front with our best, the best man, best lady, and we stood there. Whole house was packed upstairs and down. And our pastor gave the vows to us. And we put what little we had into the marriage. Some people have a $25,000 marriage and don't stay married two years. Oh, by the way, thank you, God. It's not how long you date. Some of y'all date, some, oh, God. I, <laughs> some folk date two, five, ten years thinking they're doing themselves service. There was a couple at our previous church. I'm not going to go into details, but maybe the names. But we knew both, uh, both persons, uh, both persons, the man and the woman, very well. And they had been dating since middle school, and now they're in their mid-20s or so. Got married, lavished with beautiful wedding. They had a big wedding, all these beautiful gifts. They were just the lovebirds in the church. Stayed married one week. I kid you not, and we were stunned, and we wonder what happened. But I told my wife, I'm not going to even ask, because they found out something that they did not know prior to, and they left each other after all those years of being together. My wife and I I met my wife. Uh, well, we met in the church. That's a good place to meet. My pastor put us together. 
we sit next to her. She tells Sunday school and, and during Sunday school review, he looked at them, spirit arrested him. He said, Randall. I said, what? I said, I know who you ought to be with. I said, who? Darlene, who was sitting next to you? The teacher. <laughs> I was in her class. The teacher. <laughs> I said, really? He said, yeah. Well, she'll make you a good wife. I said, well, yeah, take her out. I took her out. Took her to my mom and dad's house. That's a good place to start. That's right. Let them check them out. My mom and dad's house on Labor Day. We had barbecue and ate, had a good time. Then we went to one of those drive-up places where you can get soda floats and things. At Prince's. They had Prince's back then. I don't know if you remember in Houston. And, um, and then finally, another day or two, another week or two, my sister was getting married. My, my girlfriend or whatever it was. Uh, we were, she was. I don't know. It was coming. It was happening. You know. It was. And so we went to my sister's wedding in November. You mind you, that was Labor Day. Labor Day is in September. My sister uh, got married in November, and so uh, we went to my sister's wedding. And one day we were just on the phone, and we were just talking to one another. You know when you tell something's going on, you talk a lot. You know, look how quiet y'all are. Y'all ain't sleeping. I don't see nobody snoozing. No, the spirit of sleep is on nobody right now. It's strange. <laughs> so we were talking on the phone. I was in my bedroom, my mama's house. I said, Darlene, in the midst of the conversation, I didn't know I was going to do it. She said, yeah. I said, uh, if I asked you to marry me, would you marry me? She said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, darling, will you marry me? She said, yes. You know, I look, sometimes I go to the Spurs game and they have these kiss me cams and popos and cams. We did somebody get on their knees and surprise somebody. They're out on a big boat and they do something. They go to the moon and bow their knee and all that stuff and don't last da-da. <laughs> I was so simple, so plain, so common. It wasn't all fancied up and it wasn't all that, it, but God was in it. And you know what? From September... And that February, we got married on the 26th of February. How many months is that from September, October, November, December, January, and in fact, five months, we were married. And coming this coming Feb, we will have been married 37 years. So just because it's long, I give you two sides of it. Just because it's long don't mean it's going to work. And just because it's relatively short doesn't mean it's not going to succeed. You see, when God is in it, he has a way of working it out. He makes all things beautiful in his time. Y'all, y'all talking to me now. What, this, you see, so don't marry a person because of their possessions. One can have wealth, but no common sense. One can have wealth, but no wisdom. I'd rather be poor with my wife with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich 
and have peace than to be somewhere in dominion with all the amenities and I can't sleep because I'm scared she's going to poison me. Okay. (laughs) They can have the money, the cars, the jewelry, the fine house, but be so disrespectful, so arrogant, and even be a fool. The worst thing you can do is marry a fool. So, honey, don't chase the money. You see what's happening in the NFL with these football players and the abuse of these spouses. They got a lot of money, but the money didn't eradicate the problems. And all that abuse, that's shameful. Lots of money, but teeth are knocked out. Oh God, I'm gonna just take my time. Number 10, y'all listen to me? Refuse to have your criteria. Say criteria. Refuse to have your criteria for a prospective wife so rigid that you've already passed up whom God has sent. You got this big old list. I want my spouse. I want him to have this. I want him to be like this. Number two, number three, number 30. You on number 50 for your spouse. Listen, you ain't all that. Come down off your high horse and humble yourself. Refuse to have a criteria for a prospective spouse so rigid that you've already passed up whom God has said. He said, he said, four to you and you passed them up. Passed her up. Because you looking, because you think you all that. It's pride. That's what it really is. It goes back to pride. Proverbs 11, 2 says, when pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom. Guard against deception and place priority on the person of interest, being a Christian and possessing character rather than charm, charisma, and compatibility. Oh, he's charming. She's charming. Listen, charm cannot keep your marriage. There's no substance in charm. There's no substance in charisma. All that stuff. You uh, you want substance in your marriage. Number 11, trust the Lord. Singles, trust the Lord and put yourself. I can't find nobody. I can't find nobody. I can't find nobody. Hold it. Stop whining. Trust the Lord. And put yourself in position to be found. Okay? You can't live like a recluse or hermit and expect to meet someone. Okay? You say, what? Yeah. Proverbs 18.22, it says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. But some of y'all can't be found. (laughs) You hiding. You all stuck in a closet to yourself. Nobody even know you. Don't nobody know nothing about you. Oh, Lord, send me. That's just like asking for a job and won't go out and put in an application. Come on now. Come on. (laughs) He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Put yourself in position, ladies, where you can be found. 
Say found. You can't live like a recluse or hermit and expect to meet someone. That means this. Get out of the house and go to some acceptable venues. I said acceptable. Where you may meet someone of like interests. You know, you may meet someone. Like, and I can start talking about some of those acceptable venues, but time won't permit all of that. You know what's acceptable, okay? You know what's acceptable. And also, oh, by the way, be careful of those dating sites. Now, there are some people, it worked out quite, quite well. You know, quite well. And I say, praise God, that's a miracle. To me, every time that works out, it's a miracle. Because for every success, there's 20 of them that have, a, that have a nightmare story. So be very careful about what, because what you see on the website may not be what you have in mind. Okay? I'm not saying it can't work. But boy, it can be risky. So be, be ever so careful. Okay? Number 12. I'm almost done. Don't allow yourself to be blinded by love. Think clearly, ask the Lord for wisdom, and use spiritual discernment before making the decision to marry. Okay? You just in love, you just let it blind you. You just can't see nothing. You just gone with the wind. Think clearly, ask the Lord for wisdom, and use spiritual discernment before making the decision To marry, don't allow love to cloud your judgment. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Don't allow love and your emotion to cloud your judgment. Job chapter 34, verse 4 says, So let us discern ourselves what is right. Let us learn together what is good. Proverbs 3.21 says, My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109 directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.